Well, tonight we are uh, closing out the second chapter of Philippians as we just uh, uh, continue to delve into uh, the, the joyful principles uh, that Paul shows us even from prison. And as he gives us examples of those who have lived uh, these principles out and have experienced the joy even though they walk through uh, the valleys of this world. Um, Yes, uh, we will go through some hard times in this life, and yet in the midst of the hardest time, we can rejoice because our God has overcome, and he is victorious, and he has recreated a new life in me. Uh, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me, and so therefore I have reason to rejoice. And even in my sorrow, God is working a great work uh, that could not be accomplished in any other way. And so I rejoice in my suffering. And so uh, we are looking at these principles. Um, we're going to pick up tonight in Philippians chapter 2, um, where we left off last week in verse 17. So in verse 17, uh, we're going to pick it up. Uh, and this is what Paul says. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering, upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Um, so this is the, the principle of, of joyfulness tonight that we're going to look at that Paul says. Paul says that even if I am being poured out like an offering, I'm going to rejoice. And he says, you should also rejoice uh, and be thankful for me. Um, there is this, this picture of rejoicing because we have the privilege of pouring ourselves out as an offering before God, to be pleasing in the eyes of God uh, because of what God has done in us and in one another. He says, I am being poured out now. We know that in 2 Timothy, uh, he, he also mentions this phrase that I am being poured out. And in that uh, instance, it is more of a reference that he knows that he is coming to his time of his death. And he is physically pouring out just the last moments of his life. In this phrase, although it does have a reference to that also, that he is willing to give his life and pour out everything that he has, it is more so a, a reference here of that I am being poured out in all that I do uh, on the altar of your faith. It says I am being poured out uh, upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. Uh, he says because of your faith, of what I know God has done in you, I am willing to give whatever uh, is uh, uh, called for uh, in, in my works, in my life, uh, uh, to represent uh, what God has done for us. And, and so this, this sense of giving everything that we do, so he's pouring out, in other words, it refers to his actions, his life, uh, his motivations. He is motivated to serve one another, uh, to encourage others, uh, to live 
that others may succeed rather than himself. So the idea of being poured out is a sense of uh, uh, giving himself rather than trying to hoard up pleasure for himself. Uh, instead of holding on uh, and to live for what he might gain, he is willing to pour it out uh, that uh, it becomes uh, a celebration uh, for what God has done in their life. Now, the drink offering uh, in the Old Testament uh, and in the New Testament has always been a uh, metaphor of celebration. Okay, It was a metaphor of celebration and victory. Um, it was to uh, show forth the faithfulness of God in accomplishing what God had promised. And, and so God told them that when they come into the promised land, uh, that they were to pour out the, the drink offering to God. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, this was something that was not given to any of the priests or anyone else. Now, many of the other offerings, you remember when they, they brought a burnt offering or a sin offering, uh, that the priests were to eat uh, the, uh, the meat of that offering. And yet in the drink offering, it was completely poured out. So the wine that was brought in as offerings was never given uh, to the priests. This was solely for God. Um, and it was a celebration and a recognition uh, to God's faithfulness. Now, the drink offering was always looking forward to and foreshadowing what Jesus proclaimed um, he was going to do uh, and, and perform, that he was going to be the ultimate drink offering, that he was going to uh, pour himself out um, as the recognition to the faithfulness promise of God. Um, and so in the Last Supper, we know that Jesus uh, took the cup and he said that this is the uh, uh, offering that will be poured out of my blood. That it is my blood that is going to be poured out as the final offering as a new covenant uh, uh, to God, and it would be the final victory. So his drink offering was the final victory that brought us in to the promised land uh, of God's faithfulness. And when Jesus poured out his blood, um, we know that it was complete. Um, we know that, Jesus, that God himself uh, accepted that offering uh, as a, uh, uh, an acceptable offering. And so therefore, the complete forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation was accomplished when that drink offering was poured out. So what, is, what Paul is saying that in the same light, in the same way that Jesus was willing to pour himself completely out to be reconciled uh, with us, Paul is saying, I am willing to give myself joyfully because I know that we are brought together as one in Christ. And he, he celebrates the faith of his fellow Christians. He celebrates what Jesus has done uh, in him. And that is why he is willing to pour himself out for others. 
um, because he is just overjoyed um, that we have a faithful promise that no one can take away. And, and so the offering that he pours out um, uh, is nothing compared to what he gains uh, because of the work of Christ and because of the family of Christ. So he, he, he is willing to pour himself out because he values this fellowship that has been accomplished uh, in Christ through the body. Okay, so he 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 celebrates um, uh, this fact that we are connected. Um, this is a source of joy for him, and this is why he said, "You also should rejoice with me, that you should pour yourself out, because you are the same as me. We are made one. We are family, and we have the hope of being family with Christ Himself." And it is because of that hope and it is because of that promise that we pour ourselves out for one another. And not only for one another, but with the hope that others will become part of our family also. Um, and, and so this is the source of joy for Paul. Now, uh, this is what we need to begin to change in our view uh, of our joy. Paul says, I do not find joy uh, centered within my own pleasure. His joy is not based on his own pleasure, on his own experience, um, but his joy is based on others. And this is a, the greatest principle that we need to embrace. And it kind of goes back to, we talked about a couple weeks ago that, that we are to look out not only for our own interests, but actually we are to look out for others even more so than, than us. This is the very character of God. This is the very source of joy. It says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. In other words, he poured himself out for the joy that it was gonna bring him together with us. So here's the question. Do you find joy in being connected to the body of Christ? Do you find joy in, in entering into and, and seeing the body of Christ grow and seeing the church that God is creating grow stronger and deeper and reach out farther? That is the source of Paul's joy and of Jesus's joy and of God's joy because God, it says, is love. And so love is the very source of joy. And if love is gonna be the source of joy, love has to have a focal point. Love does not just exist within itself. Love uh, actually is expressed when there is an object to be loved. Love has to have an object and it has to be given. Love is something that is given. It is not something that is received. Even though we receive love, that is not the source of the love. The source of love that we feel is what we give. It is what goes out um, from that true love. Now, of course, we are talking about godly love. 
And, and so Paul says that I just love you. Um, he says this over and over to all the churches. My love is that God has reconciled you to himself and you are now part of the faith and now I have even more love because there are even more believers and when you come to faith I rejoice uh, we know that uh, the Bible says that in heaven angels rejoice when one sinner comes to know Christ and yet we need to ask ourselves do we have that type of joy now, I know that we have joy in our own families, but we have got to, and this is where many times it caps, we have got to move outside of our family love into the true godly family. Um, yes, we enjoy the joy and love of our family, um, uh, of our physical family, and yet that is only meant to be a reflection, uh, an example of the godly family that we are a part of. And so we need to break out of just uh, uh, the love that we experience in our family. And I think that's what keeps many of us from moving outward and beginning to embrace the body of Christ. Um, uh, if we are so insular and and God loves our family, and he wants us to love our family. But when we create a cocoon that our family becomes more important than the body of Christ, then we have uh, uh, not fulfilled the heart of God. Uh, because uh, that physical family, based on the flesh, um, is not the completion of the family that Jesus died to create. And it is the, it is the sacrificial uh, family uh, that God has brought us into, which is to be our focus. Now, the ideal thing is our physical family should be uh, uh, immersed in the biblical family, the church family, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and our physical family should live to pour itself out. So when we say we pour ourselves out, we should also be pouring our family out. Our family is us. And this is what many times we do not sacrifice our family for the church. And that's a mistake. We are called, just as we are called to sacrifice ourselves for one another, then we should, as a family, we should be sacrificing ourselves with joy for the brotherhood, for the family of God because that is where the source of our family is and it's because of what Jesus has done. You see, the very core reason why we have the church is because of what Jesus did. He died to create the church. Jesus said, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, and, and so we are to find joy in this, in this uh, principle of pouring ourselves out uh, for the family of God. When we begin to sacrifice, now it is a sacrifice, okay? Um, it, he says, I pour, I am being poured out as an offering. Um, so in other words, there's also a joy because my sacrifice 
is an offering unto God. In other words, I pour myself out not just to be connected to others, but it is as a celebration of what Jesus, it is because of my gratefulness to God that I am willing to give of myself to serve others, to love on others, to encourage others, to be a part of seeing them grow. Um, it is an act of worship. If I enjoy any love of God, then I should be pouring myself out, giving myself whatever's needed. I should see a need and say, how can I meet that need? Um, how can I be a part of other people's life? How can I pour myself out to show God how thankful I am that he brought me into the family? And so it is an offering that reflects how we feel about God. Uh, it is a reflection of what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12 uh, says this. It says, um, therefore, in other words, because of what I've just been talking about, um, I beseech you, brothers. In other words, I encourage you. I strongly urge you. Um, I'll get here. It says, I urge you by the mercies of God. In other words, because you have experienced the mercy of God, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So here again, it's talking about that we are called to give ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, remember um, that we talked about the drink offering. The drink offering is completely to God. Um, so when Paul says, I am pouring myself out uh, upon the offering of your faith, the object of pouring myself out is through service to you, through love to others. That is how I pour it out, but that act of living for others is not for others, it is for God himself. So we pour ourselves out as a living sacrifice, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice because of the mercies of God. Not because other people have earned it and not just because, well, they deserve it or they need it. I live to serve others. I live to enroot uh, in, in, in myself in the body of Christ because of what God has done for me to show God how much I love him. In other words, if you really want to worship God, this is what he says, serve others. Pour yourself out for the good of others. Become such a servant for others that you empty yourself, just like Jesus emptied himself. That means sometimes you're gonna to have to be walked on. You have to be willing to sacrifice. And again, a sacrifice means to sacrifice. Many times we want to be a sacrifice, but we don't want to give up things. We don't want to actually sacrifice. Well, how can we be a sacrifice for others if we don't actually sacrifice things? Which means we need to sacrifice our time. We need to sacrifice our emotional energy. Sometimes we're just tired, but you know what? It is a sacrifice. We need to sacrifice our money. Uh, we need to sacrifice our schedule, as I mentioned before. We need to sacrifice um, uh, our abilities, um, our wisdom. There are so many areas we sacrifice our whole body, we are pouring ourselves out for others, but we do it not for them, 
although it does benefit them, and we pray that that is the effect, but we do it for God. Um, now, in Romans chapter 12, when he talks about that, many times we read that as just as our service to God. And I'm telling you, it really is meant to be our service to one another. When he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, it is not just about doing good works before God and being a good person. It is really within the context. Remember, to really find out what a verse means, you need to look before and after. Well, before he says you need to give yourself as a living sacrifice, he talks about that we have been grafted in to the body of Israel, um, that we now are the family that God raised up through Moses and through Abraham, and that because of their disobedience, many of them have been broken off and we have been grafted in. In other words, we are now part of a body. And because we are grafted in, there is also hope that Israel will also still be grafted in, those that had been lost. And so there's this sense of living in such a way, not in taking it for granted that, well, we're better, you guys lost out, so we get the gain. But is that we are gained so that hopefully we can bring you back. And then after that verse in chapter 12, he goes on and says that we are all many members of the same body. And he talks about how uh, we all have different gifts, but we're all the same body. So before and after, Paul is talking about us being part of this thing called the body of Christ. Um, and right in the middle, he says, we are to give ourselves as a living sacrifice. And it is joy in that because it says that that is your, that is your just your natural act of worship to God. And as we enjoy the joy of God in our worship, as we just worship God and revel in his love, this is how it should overflow into acts of service, into an expression of I am giving my life for others, that in my acts, it might encourage them, it might strengthen them, it might bless them, it might draw them to Christ. But in everything I do, I want to be poured out uh, uh, for the sake of others, that God may hear and feel my love for him. And it is the very a reflection of how much I love God is how much I pour myself out for others. Now, I don't think we have always thought of that. And yet that is how important it is. And that's why throughout the New Testament, he constantly has these one another statements, love one another, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another, serve one another. It's all about one another. If we want joy, now again, this is the opposite of sinful joy. Sinful joy is because of me. It is what I get, and I revel in that joy. And there is joy there. There is, there is pleasure, but it is a temporary, and it is a joy that then dries us out and leaves us empty. Whereas godly joy, a joy that just overflows within us, comes from giving of ourselves, of actually losing ourselves, and yet we find more joy in living for others. This is why Jesus says, the Bible says, uh, to give is more blessed than to receive. Because God gives the joy. And the joy that God gives is so much greater than the joy that you can gain for yourself. Now let's close out this. And we're just going to look at it real quick. He gives us two examples uh, of, of this being poured out. 
Um, so let's read through the rest of this, this chapter. And let's just look at this picture of two people who poured themselves out for others. And because of that, they also, like Paul, lived in the joy of the Lord. Uh, in verse 19, Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel, and I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I know, uh, see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself can come also. And I have also thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for you uh, and has been distressed because he heard uh, that you had heard that he was ill. And indeed he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also that I should not have sorrow upon sorrow uh, because of him. I am the more eager to send him therefore that you may rejoice at seeing him again, that I may be less anxious. And so I pray you receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, uh, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So real quick, let's look at these two men. They, they, they uh, display this pouring out of love for others. First of all, we see Timothy. Um, the first thing I see there, uh, it says that Paul says, this is what I see in Timothy. He is genuinely concerned for you. Now, Philippi was not his hometown. Uh, Timothy was not from there. And yet it says that Timothy has a genuine concern. And we know that he had this for, for all the churches. Timothy, like Paul, uh, had a godly love for the, for the body of Christ. And it says that he is genuinely concerned for you, not like others who, who just care for themselves, but he cares for you because of Christ. If we are to pour ourselves out, we need to ask, don't do it just to, to, to make a show of it. We need to pray, God, give me a genuine concern. I don't want you to come to church because you feel you have to. Now, I feel we need to, but if you don't want to, then it does nothing for you. This is what I'm saying. The reason I want you at church is because I want you to have a genuine desire to be there. If the desire to be there is not there, then you need to pray that God doesn't work in you because there's God is not in you. Because when God is in someone, there will be a genuine concern for the body of Christ. Even when they're annoying, even when they're different from us, it doesn't matter because God has broken down the barriers. Jesus has died for us. And when we remember what Jesus has done for us, remember, it's always because of what Jesus did. Then I can love you because Jesus died for you. And I look through the eyes of Jesus at you and I know that his heart beats for you. And so therefore, I genuinely care for you. So do we have a genuine concern for, for our body, for our local body? Do you care for us, for each one? We need to say, God, give me a genuine concern. But not only that, it says, like a, uh, a son with a father, he has served me. 
What is he saying? Like a son with a father. First of all, it says that uh, he is uh, devoted. A son is devoted to a father. There is a feeling of obligation. Now, obligation is not always bad. I want to feel uh, 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 obligated in a positive sense, not in a sense of, of I am being forced to like a slave, uh, but as a uh, loving that you are my father and therefore I want to serve you. And so there's a devotion. Do we have a devotion for, for the family of God? Um, are we uh, understanding that we are submitted to one another? Over and over it says submit to one another. You see, a son is submitted to the father. They are, they are um, uh, understanding that it, I'm not in charge. And so we serve the body not as someone that is in charge, but we serve as sons, even with one another. Um, we need to begin to submit ourselves to others. How can I give myself to please one another? And, and so is there a devotion and a submission to the body of Christ? I know sometimes we don't want to think of being submitted. We want to have my rights. As Americans, we always want to fight for our rights. And yet God says, you need to put your rights aside. And as a son, you need to give yourself for one another. Serve uh, with submission and devotion. Um, but also, uh, a son to a father is one that, that is willing to learn from the other person. We not only pour ourselves out, but we let others pour into us. We need to receive from others. We need to be mentored from others. We need to see that people have something valuable to give us. And so Timothy, when he served Paul, uh, he, he gleaned from him uh, ways to be better. And we all have something to give one another. We can all learn something from someone, even someone that, that, that you don't think is, is above you. They don't have to be above you for you to learn from. You can learn from a child. We can learn, we need to be willing to, to as we serve one another, be willing to glean those things from it. And so this was Timothy. He poured himself out, genuinely concerned, submitted and devoted, and yet also gleaning, learning from him uh, in his service. And then we come to Epaphroditus. It says that Epaphroditus risked his life and even became sick. Uh, he, he contracted an illness as he traveled this far distance just to bring uh, these items of care and comfort to Paul. Um, and so out of his care for Paul, here's, here's what he did. He got out of his comfort zone. Epaphroditus left home. He said, because of our love for Paul, I am going to risk I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to travel. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be weary. He got sick almost to death, but it didn't matter because I'm giving myself to meet the need of one that we love, to bind together as the body. Are we willing to step out of our comfort zone, to take a risk, to truly sacrifice, and yet to rejoice in that? He did not seem, it was not a too hard of a sacrifice to give, uh, for Jesus. But more than that, it closes with this, that it says that he completed what was lacking in your love for me. Remember, we talked about this several weeks ago where uh, G, uh, Paul said, may I, 
join in the sufferings and complete what was lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that he uh, 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 did what they couldn't do, but it meant that he finished and he brought connection to them, that he was the source of connection from Paul to Philippi, that the church at Philippi and, and the, the life of Paul was brought together because of Epaphroditus. Are we willing to be people that step in between and join people together? You know what? I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love you, but even greater, I'm going to love as we bring ourselves together. Are you the connector that you can connect people outside the church to, to us as the church? Are you the one that can complete what is lacking in our love that you might connect us with others? And maybe even within the church, you can be someone that steps between and, and, and make us stronger together because we connect through each other. We become uh, those uh, uh, sources of connection. We complete what is lacking in one another. Do you have a sense that you're always looking, how, how can I connect to others? To join people together, not only being peacemakers. Now, we did, that's another great way that we can bring peace between people, but that we can just begin uh, to see that process of growth that through us, um, uh, we can uh, uh, begin to see uh, growth in someone else because we were able to connect them to something that, that God was doing through us. And, and we connect them even to uh, uh, God in some sense. As the, some sense as we pray for one another, we are being intercessors. Um, that's what uh, Epaphroditus was. He was an intercessor. He put himself in the middle we need to begin to reach out to others so that they may become more connected to us and find strength and growth and health and wholeness. We are called to that ministry of reconciliation and even more so to those in the world that we can connect them to this body of Christ, that the church needs to be connected to the world and it's only through you. You are the source that God is going to connect someone that you are going to complete what is lacking in our love and in the love of Christ and that as you bring them together, then we will all experience the joy of being in that uh, uh, family that God has brought together. And so I say, can we say like Paul, I rejoice even if I am being poured out. I give all of my, what I am. I'm being poured out for others, and I love it. I love it. I am, I am receiving the joy of the Lord, and so who, who else can I love but you? And so we need to pour ourselves out. Are you pouring yourself out for the body of Christ? Are you pouring yourself out for others beyond your family? Are you as a family? There is joy as a family. You want to have a family uh, uh, plan or a family project? Then you as a teach your family, come together and receive the joy together by as a family pouring yourself out for the church and for others. And then you will be a family that God even more blesses and you will experience the true joy of the Lord. Let's pour ourselves out for one another. 
Let's pray that God would give us a, a sense and a desire to experience the joy that comes when we give ourselves for those that Jesus gave himself for. Let us pour ourselves out and in so doing, walk in the joy of the heart of God. Let's pray together.